with the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Thursday, October 12th, 2023, the Feast of St. Edwin. He was born in 584. He was a prince of the royal family of Dira in England. His father, King Ael, was deposed and Edwin was raised in exile. A pagan Edwin met a stranger one day who predicted the restoration of his kingdom if he promised to follow instructions about his salvation. Edwin agreed and the stranger laid his hands upon Edwin's head as a sign. Now, due to various circumstances, Edwin recovered the kingdom of Daria and later became the king of all of Northumbria, which is one of the seven parts into which England was divided at the time. After the death of his first wife, Edwin married the Catholic princess Ethelburga. Now, he allowed her to practice her religion and promised to study the truths of the Catholic faith. St. Paulinus, the Archbishop of York, influenced him very positively. In fact, their child ended up becoming the first Catholic that was baptized in his kingdom. And yet, he refused to become baptized still. In fact, during some great victories in which he promised that he would convert to the faith, Pope Boniface V sent him a letter and gifts to encourage Edwin in his faith, but Edwin remained a pagan initially. But then one day... The archbishop approached the king and laid his hands on his head and asked him if he remembered that sign. Immediately, Edwin recalled the stranger from the time past and was moved to repentance of his former life. He converted and was baptized on Easter of 627, and he became an exemplary Catholic and apostle of his people and helped the Catholic faith spread in other kingdoms of the English heptarchy. Now, you would think now that St. Edwin would then go on to be this glorious king, but yet Edwin faced defeat and death at the Battle of Hatfield Chase on October 12, 633, only six years after his conversion, against pagan king Penda of Mercia and the Welsh prince of Cadwallon. Now, the life of St. Edwin ending in defeat emphasizes the reality of defeat and the fight against the revolution. We could see that Christ and his death had a apparent defeat, yet victory came from what the world would have seen as defeat. Defeats in the fight against revolution should be accepted as a part of the battle. Defeats are normal in any war, and a manly spirit faces them and continues to fight for the Catholic cause. So St. Edwin's life serves as a model of fortitude and perseverance in the fight against the revolution, whether in victory or in defeat. So what do we ask for from St. Edwin on his feast day? Well, we ask St. Edwin to give us the strength, the courage, and the ability to succeed when we defeat, to accept our defeat with a Christ-like spirit and recognize that in the end, the Immaculate Heart of Mary will triumph. And so we do not have to despair or to overly be sorrowful when we lose, but instead look forward to the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. St. Edwin, pray for us. And joining us right now is Rudy Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. Wow. I'm humbled to take these losses, to take these L's, as the young kids are saying mm. these days, with more grace, just like St. Edwin. Yeah. Um, you dropped this, Rudy. Here you go. Um, here's your L. Oh. 
I had I knew some guy who actually would keep um, little here, elves. King. Here, King, you dropped this. You dropped your crown. Here you go. <laughs> now there's a I had a I knew a guy who would literally carry around elves. And we'll give them out to people. World? That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> this is a classic. Uh, this is a this is peak Zoomer culture, right here. <laughs> so you're you're welcome. A Zoomerism. A Zoomerism. So if you if you really want to be cool with your kids today, uh, print out a L. Actually, this would not. They would not think this is cool at all. But it'll be really funny, though. <laughs> it'll be really funny. At least to me, it would be funny. This it might be in the funny mail you. for you. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Get put it. Make a get a letter. And like, right, just put a giant L on it, print out a giant L and it, fold it up, put it in a letter. And then when your kid gets home from school, be like, hey, this came in the mail for you. And they gave it to them. They're going to open it up and be like, oh, you just took that L. And this is a great opportunity afterwards. You present the L and you talk about St. Edwin. Exactly. And you and talk it, about his life and you share Catholic drive time with your kids. And you tell them, look, the lesson I'm trying to teach you is that you have to accept defeat with a Christ-like spirit. Amen. And your son, your daughter is going to be like, wow, that was so, so true. profound. So true, King. <laughs> so if you end up doing that, which I don't necessarily actually recommend, um, film it. Let us know. <laughs> I, want, I want to see the results of that. That would be hilarious. Uh, but there you go, folks. Yeah, definitely peak Zoomer culture right there. At 15 past the hour, China is attempting to draw the U.S. into four separate wars and one with a terrorist group. This comes from a Chinese official or Chinese uh, think tank. There you go. At 30 past the hour, they a pro-life pregnancy center has just been firebombed. I don't know why we don't consider that terrorist attacks, to be honest. And at 30 past the hour, former U.S. soldier was arrested for trying to give China access to military computer systems. That's very concerning. In the next hour, Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today will be joining us, so stay tuned for that. But let's begin with prayer. We're going to be pray for your intentions. Whatever it is that you have going on in your life, we would like to pray for that. We pray for peace in the Holy Land. We pray for all those suffering in the Holy Land and beyond. We pray for the salvation of souls and liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church for our friends, family, and benefactors and all those we promise to pray for. And in a special way, I want to ask for prayers for my grandfather, uh, that he be able to suffer well and that he be miraculously healed of his manifold illnesses and pains. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O Virgin Mary, grant that the recitation of thy rosary may be for me each day. In the midst of my manifold duties, a bond of unity in my actions, a tribute of filial piety, a sweet refreshment, an encouragement to walk joyfully along the path of duty. Grant, above all, O Virgin Mary, that the study of thy fifteen mysteries may form in my soul, little by little, a luminous atmosphere, pure, strengthening, and fragrant which may penetrate my understanding, my will, my heart, my memory, my imagination, my whole being. So shall I acquire the habit of praying while I work without the aid of formal prayer by interior acts of admiration and of supplication, or by aspirations of love. I ask this of thee, O Queen of the Holy Rosary, through St. Dominic, thy son of predilection, the renowned preacher of thy mysteries, and the faithful imitator of thy virtues. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Now, here's a sampling of your breaking news and headlines today. 
Now, you may be wondering, wow, this uh, Israeli and, uh, and Palestinian war, how are, the, how are the Christian sites doing there? Well, in the Holy Land, Franciscans are keeping the doors to holy sites open for now. While most places in the Holy Land shut down, the only open doors seem to be those of the Franciscan sanctuaries, uh, which, at the express request of the custody of the Holy Land, remain open for now, primarily to allow ongoing pilgrimages to carry out their spiritual experience as best as they can. These sites include the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, the Basilica of Agony located on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, and the Basilica of the Nativity in Bethlehem, and the Basilica, uh, the Basilica of the Annunciation in Nazareth. The Franciscans are taking it day by day, continuing their service in the sanctuaries and welcoming the few remaining groups. Please keep them in your prayers today. Representative Michael McCall confirms Egypt sent a warning to Israel three days before the attack. Quote, the Israeli services are among the best in the world, so missing something of this magnitude is truly shocking, said Emily Harding, a former intelligence official. Republican Representative uh, Michael McCall of Texas in a press conference Wednesday confirmed that Egypt warned Israel of a pot potential attack three days before Hamas breached Israel's southern border. Representative McCall also expressed his uncertainty over how both Israeli and American intelligence missed this, saying, quote, we're not quite sure how we missed it. We're not quite sure how Israel missed it, unquote. And what do U.S. teens want to be when they grow up? I'll let you guess right now. And the answer is a recent survey by YouGov weighted by age and gender says that teenage boys and girls in the United States share some similarities when it comes to their dream job. 12% of male teens listed professional athlete as their preferred future job, followed by 11% who wanted to become an online content creator. Classic dream jobs like musician and doctor or nurse still made the top five, but barely. For females, the latter seems to be the most coveted future job, with 13% of teenage girls wanting to become a medical professional, while 11% put actress as their dream occupation. But the fact that becoming a YouTuber, a streamer, or a vlogger made the top five for participants of both sexes shows the rapid development of financial and societal clout attributed to online personalities, for better or for worse. Now, those are some of your headlines today, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. The gospel today comes from Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. Now, this passage is the passage of the man who comes to the door, and he knocks and tries to ask his friend to give him the loaves. The friend shuts the door on him, and the man knocks over and over and over again. And finally, he's like, all right, all right, I'll give you some bread to eat. Jeez. And the passage ends, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father from heaven give the good spirit to them that ask him? And the famous verse, for everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So, what does this passage mean? We'll start with here on verse 5. Verse 5 says, And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go to him at midnight, and shall say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves? Here, it's very important that he recognizes at midnight, because if you kind of forget the midnight part of it, then you'd be thinking, well, yeah, my friend came over and was like, hey, dude, can I have some bread? I'd be like, yeah, that's kind of weird, but sure, man, here's some bread. But here, our Lord here is, is emphasizing who shall go at midnight because it is the most inconvenient time. So Christ puts his parable forward that not that his disciples be disheartened, 
nor to cease praying, but instead to persevere. For if they do this, Cornelius Alapide says, quote, God will listen to their prayers and grant them their request. Now here in verse six, it says, because a friend of mine is come off his journey to me and I have not what to set before him. Now here, Cornelius Lapide says, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. My friend hungry and wearied with his journey seeks refreshment and have nothing to set before him. This shows our emphasis on the fact that we must have a spirit of hospitality. This is very important. We always want to be hospitable. If not, then we are failing in the gospel message. Now, here, let's skip ahead just a little bit over here because I want to focus in on the aspect of knocking and seeking. Cornelius Lapide says, observe these three words, ask, seek, knock, ask, seek, not. They mean the same thing that is earnest prayer. So to ask signifies confidence in prayer as a prime requisite. To seek signifies zeal and diligence in prayer. For he who seeks for anything applies the whole vigor of his mind to obtain what he seeks. And to knock means perseverance. So what does that mean? To ask prayer, to seek with zeal, to knock with perseverance. So ask, seek, knock. You want to pray, you want to pray with zeal, and you want to not stop praying with zeal. St. Augustine, Cornelius Labade quotes as having said, who says that ask refers to praying for strength by which we may fulfill the commandments of God, seek that we may seek the truth and we find the truth, knock that heaven may be open to us, that those are the petitions, those are the things that we should be asking for. St. Chrysostom says, ask, he says, in supplication, praying night and day, seek by zeal and labors for heaven is not given to the slothful. And knock and prayers and fasting and almsgiving. For he who knocks at the door knocks with his hand. So all this to say that we should be diligent in our prayers. And we should ask and not stop asking for the things that we desire. But let's purify our desires that we ask for the things that God desires us to ask for. For strength to fulfill the commandments. For the truth that we may seek out and know the truth and that heaven will be opened unto us. So remember today, ask, seek, and knock. We'll be right back talking about China right after this. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now, this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made. It's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, 
and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to learn about a great Catholic saint. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the lives of the saints? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. It's always good to be here with you. Thank you for allowing me to share this time with you. Now, there is a crazy story I saw yesterday, and I was surprised to see Tim Cast News pick it up. So I was listening to Joshua Phillips with Epic Times talking about China, and then this morning I... I'm looking through the news, and I see Timcast News also did a report on this. And so I'm going to base this report through the report here from Timcast News. China attempting to draw U.S. into four separate wars, and one with terrorist group. Very interesting. Very interesting. So here's the article. There remains widespread speculation as to whether other organizations or governments played a role in the facilitation of the operation referring to Hamas's invasion of Israel. However, one possibility under consideration is that Hamas attack is part of a widespread effort by China to catastrophically weaken the United States by drawing America into multiple simultaneous conflicts. The Chinese Communist Party, forward being referred to as a CCP, officials are planning a major war against the U.S., according to investigative reporter and East Asia expert Joshua Phillips. As he stated in the in a recent video, the CCP is planning to draw the U.S. into four separate conflicts, and they believe at least one of these needs to be a terrorist organization. It is possible that Hamas could be that group. The most important piece connecting China to Hamas, Philip says, is that in June of this year, and this I had no idea, I somehow completely missed the story, CCP leader Xi Jinping personally met with Palestinian Authority President Mohammed Abbas and announced the establishment of China-Palestine Strategic Partnership. China hosted the meeting as part of its push to expand its influence into the Middle East. The visit during which Xi said China and Palestine were, quote, good friends and good partners with Abbas's fifth to China. Following Hamas's recent attack against Israel, China called for a ceasefire in its foreign ministry. The fundamental way out of the conflict lies in implementing the two-state solution, establishing an independent state of Palestine. The overall strategy behind splitting U.S. attention between multiple conflicts, as Philip explained, is to weaponize America's free and open society against it. Now, Xi's top advisor, Jin Kenrong, gave a speech where he talks about the strategy of the, of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, we're going to play this clip for you of him talking about this. Joshua Phillips and the Epic Times team translated into English. And so I'll play their translation of it uh, from Chinese into English. I will play that right now. Have other evil tactics such as furthering the chaos of the world. But the problem with the United States is that it is truly diverse. Among Western countries, the U.S. enjoys the highest degree of democracy. Of course, diversity has one advantage. The people have freedom, such as freedom of speech. But it comes with disadvantages, too. 
it's very difficult for the people to come to a consensus. The best scenario for the U.S. is that it has a very clear external enemy. If there are two enemies, the United States will lose its focus. This was the situation before World War II. There were two enemies, one Nazi Germany and the other the Red Scare, the Soviet Union. Because of that, the U.S. started fighting internally, even before the war began. Now, if there were three external enemies for the U.S., you could see how that would be a mess, let alone four. So China's strategic goal is to make sure that the U.S. has four enemies, and one of them must be a terrorist group. Russia is like one, but it's not enough. Yeah, so we'll end that there. And the, I recommend checking out the whole video. It's about 10 minutes long. Uh, Joshua Phillips did a excellent report on this, breaking down the whole situation. And sure enough, this happened. This wasn't a recent comment that was made. This was made earlier. And now we start seeing these things pop up. And we start seeing that communist groups, or not communist groups, Muslim groups around the world are calling for terrorist attacks to happen tomorrow, this Friday. Uh, during an interview with Timcast News, Phillips said that he believes that the CCP was involved in the Hamas attack as part of a wider effort to draw the U.S. into another war. He said, quote, I think the CCP was one of the main forces. Iran definitely, and probably North Korea as well. But why would they do it? The agenda. End quote. Iran has denied involvement in the attack, though intelligence experts suggest Iran is lying, noting that it's the world's top state sponsor of terrorism, which it, ex it executes through proxies to maintain plausible deniability. Other reports show that North Korea has been an inventory of weapons that Hamas fired on Israelis, a claim verified by unnamed explosive ordnance disposal specialists who spoke with Timcast News. Now, Phillips said, if Hamas wanted to overthrow Israel, they wouldn't do it like this. You don't grab a bunch of hostages and run back to your house if you don't want to have a hostage situation. They wanted to lure Israel into this. The question is, why did they want to lure them into it? I think it's because they're trying to spark a global terror threat. Again, I think they want all proxy forces of Hamas, of Hezbollah, and all the far left groups tied into the global terror movement to see the imagery of this. And they're going to link it with Israel and possibly the United States, even Europe. And they're going to start launching terrorist attacks again. This is very concerning, as I would say. Now, Phillips explained that it all plays into the CCP's four wars agenda because China needs the U.S. so committed to multiple global military interventions that it'd be unable to intervene when China moves to retake Taiwan. He says, quote, if they invade Taiwan, they can't take the brunt of the U.S. reaction. They need America focused on Russia. They need American fo focused on terror threats. They need America focused on the drug cartels or something in Latin America, end quote. Three days after the attack, Hamas called for a global jihad, telling Muslims around the world to target Jewish people and their supporters on Friday, October 13th. Now, Jewish people and their supporters would mean also the United States. Khalid Mashel, the leader and founding member of Hamas, gave a speech asking Muslims around the world to do the following. One, to show anger, especially next Friday, that would be tomorrow, in Muslim countries and also among Muslim diaspora around the world. He called it, quote, the Friday of Al-Aqsa flood. He said, the will, he said this will send a message of a rage to Zionists 
and to America. Hmm, very interesting. He asked for financial help from all Muslims around the world to help with their money. He called it, quote, financial jihad. He asked Muslims to give the fighters of Gaza in order to compensate them for the destruction. He asked political pressure from Muslim leaders and Muslim nations to stop Israel's military invasion of Gaza. The most important thing, he asked all Muslims around the world to carry jihad by their souls to fight and be martyrs for al-Aqsa. He wants Muslims to fight against the Jews, starting with Muslims who live in the countries around Israel, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, and Egypt, but also other countries, and to go to the borders and try to enter each by his own means. He said this is a time for jihad and have it be applied on the ground rather than just in theory. He asked them to go into caravans and to spill their blood on the land of Palestine. He said their final words were, the funds are important, but today we are asking for your blood and souls to be sacrificed for Palestine. So, this is very concerning, especially considering that Laura Loomer and several others before this came out was reporting that in the next 14 months, they had heard that terrorist cells in America were planning to attack major cities. This is very concerning. Will there be attacks today and tomorrow or this weekend? I have no idea. Uh, Should we live in fear? We definitely shouldn't live in fear, but we should definitely be prepared. We should definitely be vigilant. We should definitely have situational awareness and common sense. So let's not bare heads in the sand. Let's not also live in fear, but let's also be prepared. All these things can be the same thing. We can all have these positions at the same time. The next thing we should notice is that we have to close our borders. We must do it because there have been many reports that Hamas groups have been infiltrating the U.S. via our southern border. In fact, many terrorist cells have been discovered throughout South America, including, I believe it was uh, Peru. Now, another aspect of this is that the U.S. government has reported that we have arrested many people on the terrorist watch list through the southern border, which tells me that there are more terrorists trying to come through our border. And the question for me is, if we've had a rise and arrest of people on the terrorist watch group, does that mean we're doing better at arresting our terrorists? Or does it mean that more terrorists are trying to come through the border and therefore we're catching more of them? So how many are we not catching? That's the question. So we must shut down our southern border. This is a issue of national security. Uh, not simply because of the issues that we've been talking about with the southern border, but also because of the threat of terrorist attacks. Now, what's even more concerning is this story from the Epic Times. A former U.S. soldier has been arrested for trying to give China access to military computer systems. A former U.S. soldier has been arrested in trying to give information to China's ruling communist regime, the State Department has said. Joseph Schmidt served in the U.S. Army and he attained the rank of sergeant, but was not enlisted at the time of his arrest on October 6th. He is scheduled to appear in front of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California on Friday and we brought to the Western District of Washington for further court proceedings. It is said, quote, by the Assistant Attorney General, individuals entrusted with national defense information have a continuing duty to protect the information beyond their government service and certainly beyond our borders. I'm thinking... Well, duh, we should not be committing treason against our country. I mean, that's simply the case. Now, the question is, what was actually done, right? 
was he stopped or was he able to give information out? The other question is, how many people do you think, how many soldiers are compromised? I'm thinking of the U.S. We have people who are furries. We have people who dress with uh, leather masks of dogs and are as generals. We have transgender individuals as generals. We have people in the highest forms of government who are trans, who have mental illness, who have uh, all sorts of strange proclivities in the bedroom, we'll say. Do you think China is paying these people off? Do you think China is has something over these people? Do you think China has some blackmail on these people? Do you think that we have military readiness right now? Do you think our generals are ready for to defend our country? I don't think so. I really do not think so. Uh, you look at our military right now, and it kind of scares me a little. It kind of scares me a little because what do we focus on? We focus on abortion rights for female soldiers. We focus on transgender rights in the military. <laughs> All these things are absolute absurdities. So this one person is just somebody we caught. I can't imagine he's the only one. And the problem, the strong thing is, or the problem is, money is only one aspect of it. How many people are being blackmailed because of their deviant habits, we'll say, for their disordered passions, we'll say. How many are being blackmailed? And how many will reveal American secrets to keep those blackmailed information secret? Very, very concerning. We have to be prepared for <laughs> the coming of whatever is going to happen. We'll be right back. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helps them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue, you're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. Hey, Donnie, what are the two most important things we receive at Mass? Daddy Christmas scripture. That's right. All right, one more. Who loves you the most? Jesus. That's right. Mary. That's right. <laughs> they love us too. If you don't educate your children in the faith, who will? Educate yourself and your family by listening daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure to get the GRN app by logging online to grnonline.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and stories for you. Here's a good news story. I know there's been a lot of bad news coming out of the Middle East here, but uh, a Eucharistic procession passes through the heart of New York City. A procession bringing Jesus and the Eucharist through the heart of the largest city in the U.S. attracted hundreds of participants on Tuesday evening. 
participants marched reverently as the body of Christ, housed in a golden monstrance, was carried aloft through the busy streets of Manhattan, passing right in front of the storied Radio City Music Hall. As some bystanders looked on with interest, and others dropped to their knees. You love to see that. Father Mike Schmitz, a priest of the Diocese of Duluth and a popular Catholic speaker and podcaster, celebrated Mass before the start of the procession at St. Patrick's Cathedral, which happens to be the seat of the Archdiocese of New York. He was joined by dozens of priests from around the country, as well as Bishop Edmund Wallen, Auxiliary Bishop of New York. And finally, California to start building tiny homes to combat homelessness. Now, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story because tiny homes in California can reach up to, uh, I don't know, probably about a million dollars. Uh, so who knows? Maybe these will be a million dollars in a couple of years. Uh, California plans to build 1,200 tiny homes at an abandoned office park to address the state's homelessness crisis. The $30 million project aims to provide affordable housing quickly and at a lower cost. Sacramento will house 175 tiny homes at the vacant office park, which will also be transformed into a medical campus. WellSpace Health will run the health center and offer services to the residents. And additionally, 175 tiny homes will be placed at the California State Fairgrounds. Now, despite a delay in construction, state officials are working to finalize contracts and expect to break ground before the end of the year. Now, those are all of your headlines this morning. May God bless all of your holy efforts today. You know, it's funny. The I saw this story and I wasn't going to talk about it because I was like, eh, more California news. <laughs> and uh, but I, now that you talk about it, it made me think um, of of the story I was reading. Mario Lopez came out and was like, "Dude, why are we getting rid of quote unquote junk fees in California when nobody can even like live? Like crime rates are literally skyrocketing and we're literally dying in the streets. And now you're worrying about junk fees." Yeah, the context for that story, right, is, uh, you know, like when you make a transaction and uh, let's say you're trying to buy a, a ticket on Ticketmaster and mm -hmm. you get this extra cost and, it, you know, sometimes you even get like an airport fee for landing and renting a car in, in the airport area, right? Those are the junk fees. But he's absolutely right. I mean, when when your your whole state is falling apart, where you have homeless populations building double-decker uh, pallet homes on the side of the freeway. I mean, really, that's but at least you save eight dollars on your <laughs> Ticketmaster uh, and your Ticketmaster tickets. I don't know. What do you think? You think the houses are going to be a million dollars? I don't know how. I mean, dude, California real estate is just insane, impossible in Burbank. A house that was built post-war. So let's talk maybe 1947 or something like that. Little tiny two a bedroom house, um, maybe less than a thousand square feet because uh, over time more square footage has become the norm. But before that, it was like a thousand. That was like enough, you know. That's worth a million dollars now. That's crazy. That is insanity. So what, what about a tiny home? At least half probably a million like dollars. Five hundred grand, probably. <laughs> like, dude, look for a small loan of five hundred thousand dollars, you can get this tiny home. Home. I person. think I'm gonna. You know what? I think I'm just going to be homeless and move back to California. Though, I mean, I did hear that a lot of the homeless people in California, not an insignificant number, have jobs. They yeah. just can't afford to live in any place. Yeah. That's so, California for you. I don't know. Maybe with a $20 minimum wage, they'll be able to buy their uh, rent or buy or rent their tiny homes for $500,000. Coming soon to a city near you. Oh, my goodness. You allow it. Oh, you my You allow it. So there you go, folks. Uh, but in the last hour, we we're talking about potential terrorist attacks happening in America on this coming Friday. However, 
Nobody ever talks about the terrorist attacks that are happening in America practically every single day. Uh, since 2020, there have been almost 400 attacks against Catholic churches of various kinds from fire bombings, graffiti, people shooting at churches, et cetera, et cetera, rocks through windows, all those sorts of things. Uh, more, uh, almost 400 since 2020. And nobody has talked about this. And then nobody wants to label this terrorist attacks either because nobody cares about the Catholic Church. And to this point, it's like this is just Catholic churches. And I'll talk about just pro-life things in general and Christian things in general. This story came out recently. A National Catholic Register did a great uh, report on it. I highly recommend checking out the whole article. A Fire Barn Pro-Life Center Files Face Act Lawsuit. A pro-life pregnancy center in New York, of course, New York, a compass care damaged by arson and subsequent pro-abortion graffiti has filed a federal lawsuit against two unnamed pro-abortion activists known as John Doe 1 and John Doe 2. Now, before I go even further with this, I hope that this person gets thrown in jail because what happened to that lady who burned down a abortion clinic? Remember that story? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. And they, this woman, who is, I believe she was 20 years old-ish, around 20, she burned down an abortion clinic because she said it gave her anxiety that it was what was going to be built there, that things were going to happen there. And she got put away for five years, uh, plus a not insignificant fee of something like, I think it was in the $100,000, somewhere around there, $200,000. And that's her punishment. So my question is, what will happen to this person? Because the building she burned down was actually not even built yet. So it was not a risk to anybody's life. This was not the case for this story. Compass Care CEO Jim Harding criticized the FBI and DOJ for the lack of action, leading the center to take legal steps. One defendant, Hannah Comke, previously charged for vandalizing the center, was named in the suit. The other defendant, Jennifer Page, organized protests leading to assaults on pro-life activists. Isn't it interesting how the terrorist attacks against pro-life centers, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And nobody also wants to call it that. This is domestic terrorism. It's simple as. It's domestic terrorism. These are people trying to terrify and send a political message through violence to people who are pro-life. Now, it says the First Amendment violations and theft compass care lawsuit seeks prohibition on defendants approaching pro-life centers. Isn't that interesting how the FACE Act always gets enforced for pro-lifers wanting to pray outside of abortion clinics, but these attackers, nobody wants to have the FACE Act apply to them. Now, compensatory and punitive damage and legal fee compensations are being sought in this lawsuit. The FBI is investigating Compass Care Arson, offering $25,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of those responsible for the arson. The lawsuit was filed under the Freedom Access of Clinic Entrances, the FACE Act of 1994 law, facing criticism for disproportionate use against pro-life activists. Compass Care's legal action aims to hold perpetrators accountable and safeguard pro-life centers operation in the state of New York. This is a very, very concerning that this keeps happening. And we've rarely ever seen anything come of it. And if they do, it's almost always a slap in the hand. So we'll definitely keep watching the story as it develops because, I don't know, call me call me cynical, but 
I have a feeling that somehow the FBI will not be able to figure out who these people are. Somehow they're going to be able to get away and everybody's going to be like, oh, I have no idea. Yet somehow the FBI is also able to, you know, track Catholics, the traditional Catholics who are radical extremists. A very interesting, very interesting way our our system of um, not government, but system of intelligence agencies work in America. A certainly something that we have to always be watching, unfortunately. Now, here's another story for you. And this just the Zelensky never stops. He just never stops. Uh, Zelensky compares Russia to Hamas and calls on NATO to win against terrorists. Now, you have to give Zelensky at least one thing. The guy is really good at marketing and he's really good at begging for money. He saw money flooding into Israel and support for Israel popping up everywhere. And Zelensky is like, oh, no. And actually, he said this. I forgot. We didn't report on this. But Zelensky said that he is concerned that the situation in Israel is going to distract from what's happening in Ukraine. And I'm like, bro, it's not all about you, man. Like The world, there's more things going on in the world than just uh, Ukraine, man. And... He is now pivoted, and he's thinking, okay, I figured out the next marketing scheme. I'm going to call Russia terrorist because clearly the label of terrorist is getting money from international organizations into countries. So he emphasized this, and he's, this was following the address from U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin that announced a $200 million security package for Ukraine including air-to-air missiles and air defense systems. Now, remember we just talked about what's happening in China and the Chinese wanting us to spread our infrastructure thin? Because we're sending special forces to Israel. They were saying that it's for intelligence reasons. But now we're wasting all of our money. We are getting rid of all of our ammunition. We're getting rid of all of our military drones, tanks, missiles, ammunition, etc., etc., what are we going to have here at home? That's very concerning to me. We'll be right back. I want to catch you up on something that we missed about the Senate when we come back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no. But how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 AD, 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed in a church down the street. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. 
Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. And we are back. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. There are a lot of stories that we missed over the last few weeks. It's just been a wild time, and we're trying to catch up. Like, for instance, uh, Rudy, did you even hear anything about the retreat for the Synod? No, I didn't hear anything about the Synod, actually. Isn't that crazy? It's almost as if there's a veil of secrecy over what's being discussed. You know what's funny about Hmm. the veil of secrecy? Cardinal Burke came out. Was it Cardinal Burke? Or maybe it was Cardinal Mueller. I, I forget who it was. One of the cardinals came out and said that um, the the good thing about the veil of secrecy is that the only people who will be speaking are going to be the critics <laughs> because they're, they're everyone that's actually involved in the synod are bound to secrecy, so they can't talk about it. So I think that's a, a rather interesting development. Masterful. Masterful. <laughs> um, so there you go, folks. I was like, oh, well, there you go. That's interesting. Now, we did get to see some of the comments from the um, – actually, the, I think the whole, the whole retreat was broadcast, so you actually could see what was happening, what was being said. But one thing I wanted to just bring out was Father Timothy Radcliffe. And I mentioned him before, whenever – before the retreat began, I had mentioned that Father Timothy Radcliffe was leading it, who is a homosexualist promoting LGBT ideology, and – so much so that he actually said that he believes homosexuals should be allowed in the priesthood and that men who are against homosexuals in the priesthood should be barred from the priesthood. That's that's his position. And he said that – I want to say that was back in 2016, I want to say. Now, here's something that he said in the Synod, which I, for one, found really interesting, actually. I was like, well, Father, I – I think I'm in agreement with you there. Here's what he said. Father Timothy Radcliffe, during his synodal reflection, championed the concept of open disagreement as a vital force fostering communion within the church. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, well, thank you, Father, because I definitely disagree with what's happening in a lot of places in the church today. And so I'm glad he's given me permission to disagree. So there you go, folks. He says he drew it says he drew inspiration from Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich, his caution from mounting tensions in synod discussions. Radcliffe pointed to Christ's heated exchange with a woman at the well, emphasizing that such passionate interactions are foundational to the church. According to Radcliffe, these encounters, though contentious, lead to genuine connections. See, he's encouraging disagreement, encouraging debate, encouraging argument. He says here that he argued that open disagreement, a historical element of the church, counters the pitfalls of abstract labeling, which often marginalizes individuals. Now, I agree because, I mean, traditional Catholics, Catholics who believe in the faith whole and entire, they're often marginalized. Now, of course, Father, when he talks about this, he actually mentions people in same-sex unions. He mentions what else did he mention? He mentioned polygamous relationships. Um, I forget what the other ones he mentioned. He mentioned a few other things. 
Uh, Radcliffe stressed that personal fiery debates like those between St. Paul and St. Peter are integral to the church, the church's fabric. Now, I love the reference here to St. Paul and St. Peter because that is the model of resistance. That is the model of the recognize and resist position among Catholics. Because St. Paul, whenever St. Peter was eating with the Judaizers and was kind of leaning towards the Judaizing heresy during his time, what happens? St. Paul resisted Peter to his face. And what do we learn from that? One, you see, resisted him to his face. To his face, we understand that he recognized Peter, that he saw Peter and knew that Peter was, in fact, the pope. He did not deny the papacy. He did not, he did not deny that Peter was actually in charge. He did not deny papal supremacy. But what did he do? He resisted him. He resisted him in those things that were harmful to the faith. He resisted him in his error. And this is integral to the church's fabric. Father Timothy Radcliffe even agrees in this sense. And so, too, I would say absolutely, Father Radcliffe, absolutely, I champion open disagreement and resistance against those in church authority whenever they're going against what has always, everywhere, and at all times been taught. Now, by encouraging these authentic, albeit, quote, challenging discussions, Radcliffe believes that the church can be moved beyond divisive labels and truly embrace the diverse humanity within its fold, fostering a stronger sense of communion. Now, I'm, of course, speaking a little tongue-in-cheek here because Father Radcliffe is clearly not meaning these things in the way that I mean them. However, I think it's funny that he says these things because it certainly suits things that I have already been saying for a very long time. But it's nice and kind of amusing to me that he says up. However, in his ideas of this, he, of course, is talking about dissident theologians, about promoting LGBT ideology, about allowing for communion for the divorce and remarriage, about talking about women deaconesses and about women in the clergy and democratizing the faith. All these ideas are what he is actually referring to. And so for that reason, I'm very concerned about what Father Radcliffe had to say, but I do think it's amusing to me that um, everything he said could be used in a very orthodox manner to promote the Catholic faith against people who try to lead her astray. Now, I want to transition over to another story here because there was a lot of stories that we missed out. Here was one that I thought was rather funny at first, but actually is very symbolic of a something that's a big deal. Now, Rudy, you, you love Costco, right? I, I do, actually. I love – look, I'm, I'm more of a uh, – I guess I'm less of a traditionalist like other Costco aficionados because – the the traditional Costco aficionado, mm-hmm. they'll go for the dollar fifty hot dog, right? Mm-hmm. I'm more of the pizza mm-hmm. kind of variety guy, so I guess maybe more a more of a modernist, some would say, but I I would say the Costco pizza ranks at least top three. It goes Domino's, Costco, and then I don't know top three it revolves around. But so I love Costco for their pizza. Now, 
Side note, want to go get Costco after this? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the the funny thing about Costco, though, is um, that you hear about their whole thing where they're selling gold bars. What? Yeah. Um, so what's the cost savings for buying gold at Costco? So people were buying it because there is a, I believe if you have your, a Costco credit card, you get like 2% back. Oh. And so people were buying gold. Very nice. And then getting money back, so getting gold at a discount is basically what they were saying. That is fascinating. Yeah. And so here's the interesting thing, though. Infinite money glitch. They sold out in a few hours. They, so Costco reported that their online inventory of gold bars sold out swiftly, fetching around 1949 to 1979, with a limit of two per member. The one-ounce 24-karat gold bars offered by South Africa's Rand Refinery and Switzerland's Pamp Seuss disappeared within hours upon being listed. The sales targeted a specific demographics have gained attention amid economic uncertainties. And at first I thought this was kind of a funny little story. It was like, oh, the Costco sold out of gold bars. I was like, that's hilarious. And I thought it was actually like a Babylon Bee article because I didn't know Costco sold gold bars. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> and I'm, but then I realized this was a real story. And this is actually kind of concerning. Because what does it tell us? The fact that, one, Costco is selling gold bars, and two, that it sold out immediately, what does that tell us? That tells us that faith in our financial institution is falling. And so as we see the stock market continue to rise, and we see that everything kind of stays the same, yet we see inflation is going up, and yet we see wages staying pretty much the same, we see all these things happening, and we also see shrinkflation happening as well. While all that's happening, the stock market's continuing to go up. How is that possible? It's because we're artificially boosting it. We're, artific- we're living in a fantasy land right now, and at a certain point, it's going to burst. And seeing this fact that gold is being sold and American citizens or citizens all over the world are wanting to get gold tells me that the faith in our institutions is falling. And when that happens, it's not going to be bad. I mean, it's not going to be good. Also, the reason why the stock market has continued to rise is because people are buying more, but not because they have excess income, but because they have no idea what to invest it in. You start seeing, I was listening to some economists talk about this, and they were saying how during this time of, of uncertainty, people are afraid to invest their money in bonds or in stocks because they don't want to lose their money. And they also, because of inflation, don't want to save their money either because then their money is just going to disappear. Because of inflation, they put their money in a savings account, and then the money is gone in a few years. It's worth less. So what do people do? They kind of shrug their shoulders and say, well, might as well spend it. And so they will buy things, especially they'll buy experiences. So you start seeing, so what are we seeing? We're, we're seeing this actually play out where people are buying more trips. They're going on more vacations. They're booking hotels. They're booking uh, cars. They are getting tickets to concerts. And you're thinking, oh, that's a sign that we have a lot of excess money. Well, apparently, according to economists, the exact opposite is the case. Now, Rudy's giving me a look. Yeah. I mean, I just went to Colorado. 
<laughs> Are you thinking the same thing? Was that yeah, your thought process? Well, yeah, to be honest with you, I'm pretty tight-fisted with my money. I like to save money. But uh, yeah, I've had that thought before, actually. And just recently, I was thinking, what am I, what am I saving for? There's, there's, no, there's no point. Yeah. It's just, it's just sitting there. I've been thinking the same thing, actually, too. And then I saw this, and I was like, holy moly. I should have bought some gold. I guess, you know, I got stuck at the food court, and I didn't even go into the, the actual store to check out the gold bars. Dude, I, I, the other day, I mean, I, I'm also pretty tight-fisted, and for a long time, I would just I stopped eating out because I was like, I don't want to spend so much money. It's wasting money. But then you were supporting your local economy. <laughs> right, exactly. But then recently I just started I'm like whatever. I don't even care anymore. So I just would start going out to eat and ordering what I want and I'm like spending way more money than I wanted, but I'm like and then I saw this article and I was like holy moly, they're right. It's because I'm happy now. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> it. I, I, my curiosity is have you been doing this is, is that your experience? Has that your mindset? What are your thoughts? I'd be very curious. You should send me an email. If you go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, you can shoot us an email because I'd be very curious as to what you think about this and whether or not that's your experience. Or better yet, go to our social media feeds, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, and send us a message in the chat and we'll talk about this at 30 past the next hour. We will talk about this exact issue because I'm very curious about what your experience is, what it is that you feel is going on. So join us there. We'll be right back with Bishop Sheen today, right after this. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday, and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, since every religion claims to be true, well, then none of them are true? Even though this is not a very intelligent comment, it does not prevent people from saying it. G.K. Chesterton says probably one of the creeds is right and the others are wrong. Logically, most of the views must be wrong, but there's nothing logical to the idea that all must be wrong. Think about betting on a horse. Many people bet on the wrong horse, but some bet on the right horse. And sometimes even the favorite has been known to come in first. But that's the point. Something comes in first. The fact that there are many beliefs does not destroy the fact that there is one well-founded belief. So don't say that the variety of beliefs prevents you from accepting any beliefs. It's not logical, and it's not a very good way to bet either. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to say some prayers for the souls in purgatory. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed often for those in purgatory? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. 
Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. It is always good to be here, especially on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central, because every Thursday, 7 a.m. Central, we have a very special guest. And I would like to say the mouthpiece of Fulton Sheen today is Alan Smith. Fulton Sheen has been dead for a few years, a few years now, but yet his voice lives on out of the mouth of Alan Smith. Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today. Good morning to you, Alan Smith. Uh, Good morning, Adrian. Thank you for your kind words. I'm just a retired plumber trying to help souls uh, get to heaven. And, um, you know, Fulton Sheen uh, has a way. I, I look at his track record, uh, how he has hundreds of thousands of souls, if not millions of souls, to his record, bringing them to the church, bringing them to Christ. So he did something right. And I think if we just read his books and uh, imitate him a little bit, uh, life will be good. And um, we may get to heaven one day. We just may. Uh, again, so I'm, I'm enthusiastic about uh, his writings and uh, promoting his cause. So great to have this opportunity every Thursday uh, on the Guadalupe Radio Network. I call it Thursday Therapy with Fulton Sheen. So <laughs> we're going to have a little bit of therapy today. Well, I think it's a wonderful opportunity to talk about Calvary. I know we're you know, we are living in a time of great distress, very, a lot of sadness, and, and many people don't know how to deal with that. And I think the perfect opportunity is to recognize that our Lord had to deal with suffering. Our Lord had to deal with sadness, and he did, in fact, have to go to Calvary. And so how should we expect anything less of his servants? So, Alan, where do we leave off with for Calvary and the Mass? Right. Well, we we just got through the first two chapters of the book. We uh, spoke about, uh, of course, the offertory and how we get to unite our prayers, our lives with our Lord. We get to take our small cross and unite it to the large cross of Christ. Uh, we get to, of course, put our small host on the patent with the larger host. And before that, we had an opportunity to be sorry for our sins, uh, reciting the Confidior. So uh, good preparation as we journey through the Mass. And, you know, the Mass is Calvary reenacted. And what Fulton Sheen did so beautifully is he took the seven last words that our Blessed Lord spoke from the cross and tied them into the seven parts of the Mass. So the first part of the Mass, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, the Confidior. The second part, this day you'll be with me in paradise, those words to the good thief, is the offertory, uniting yourself to Christ. And now we move on to the Sanctus, the Sanctus, 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 or the Holy, Holy, Holy. And here what Fulton Sheen wants to uh, get our attention is to point us to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, Those beautiful words from our Lord, Behold your mother. Uh, He was giving uh, her to, to the world. He really was. I mean, we know that St. John took Our Lady into his home. 
and uh, it's beautiful. But again, those words were words of adoption, where we were being adopted by Our Lady, we we're becoming her children. And so this beautiful opportunity to have this mother who can journey with us. And we're all struggling with personal holiness. When I hear the words, holy, 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 I'm thinking, oh, wow, <laughs> not me. I, I'm so far away from this. But yet, the key to holiness is the Blessed Virgin Mary. We need to go to her. We need to unite our lives to her. Like, just to be, let her be that mother that takes us by her side and says, I will help you. Yes, this will be difficult, but I will help you. And all the great spiritual writers have said the same thing. They've said, if you want to be holy, you need the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so there's the emphasis added there. Um, Fulton Sheen calls this a lot of times the second annunciation. Uh, you know, those words, behold your mother. Um, and of course, to Our Lady, behold your son. Um, again, she was now taking on a new family of, um, it was almost like a poor exchange, I, I call it. She was losing our Lord, but gaining us. So, uh, but she, she of course accepted the mission like she did the first Annunciation. And so we have this great opportunity to work on our holiness with the help of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amen. Amen. You know, one thing that I always think about is the word Sabaoth. Whenever we are saying the Sanctus, which is translated as as hosts, and in our English language, we struggle a little bit to try to understand what the word hosts means, right? What we mean by host refers to the heavenly armies. So we say Sanctus, 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 Dominus Deus Sabaoth, which is holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts. And so that what is that saying? That's saying that God is the God of the heavenly armies. And why do I bring this up? I bring it up because you're talking about beholding your mother. We're talking about the Blessed Virgin and our devotion to the Blessed Virgin. And one thing that I personally think is something that we lose, but it's such a beautiful and wonderful thing to think about is Our Lady as Queen of the Angels. Our Lady, if our Lord is Lord God of hosts, then Our Lady is Queen of hosts. And we should think about that, especially during the Sanctus, that Our Lady is our mother, and she is here to take care of us. We behold our mother, but she beholds her son. And if we are Catholics, if we are good Catholics, then we are the sons of the Blessed Virgin. And if we are her sons, then what will she not do for us? If our own mothers would use every one of her their resources to take care of us, then how much more will Our Lady, who is the Queen of Hosts, the Queen of the Heavenly Armies, send down those angels to protect us lest we dash our foot against a stone? Uh, what are your thoughts about that, Alan? Yeah, we have to remember her title, Mediatrix of All Graces. She gives every grace. And um, I tell you, we're in need of grace. We come to Holy Mass with our list of wants, our desires, but we really need to ask for that grace. Dear Mother, give me the grace to be a holy husband, a good wife, a good son, a good daughter. She is ready to dispense those graces to her children, if we ask. And there's sometimes she will give those graces without us asking, because she knows what's best for us. But to remember, she is the mediatrix of all graces. And when I think of the word sanctus, sanctus, sanctus at Mass, 
I whisper just quietly, Mary, 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 because I want mm. to invoke her intercession. But remember, her title is that she is the mediatrix of all graces. So uh, we need to go to Mama to get these graces. So uh, you don't get them at uh, Costco. You get them from the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amen. Praise be to God. What a beautiful thing to think about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that too now. Um, Mary, Mary, Mary. Oh, my goodness. That's a... That's a beautiful, beautiful thing to think about. Wow. Wow. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, let's move over to the next one here, the communion. Our Lord, I think it's most very fitting to uh, try to time that up very well. Communion, I thirst. Tell me about this. Yeah. You missed the consecration. You're skipping through. Oh, the I missed the. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you missed the consecration. consecration. My, my mistake. Yeah. The, we'll go backwards. Yeah, We're going backwards. Consecration. My God, my God. Why hast thou why forsaken, you forsaken me? me? You know, and I think this is where we sometimes get confused. Um, you know, these words of our blessed Lord, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, of course, many of the great theologians have written that it's our Lord reciting uh, one of the best psalms ever written. Of course, the psalm that begins with despair, but ends with victory. Uh, we know that our Lord was offering up his last few drops of his uh, humanity for to give us that opportunity to become divine. He had to shed his blood on the cross to help us to get to heaven. And so this consecration, I think it's the time where Fulton Sheen saying to us, I want you to repeat the Lord's words. This is my body. This is my blood. United to Christ. United to our Lord. And I think this is where we forget. We have this opportunity to say to the Lord, this is my body. Take it. Uh, receive it. This is my blood. Receive it. Um, again, this whole idea, do we unite ourselves to Christ during the Mass? In Calvary 2,000 years ago, our Lord was alone. But at Mass, we're there with him. And so this is an opportunity for us to unite uh, our suffering to the Lord's suffering, unite our bodies to his body. And again, we forget that. We miss the opportunity, again, to uh, get the, the most out of Mass. And so I think this is what Fulton Sheen is saying to us. Um, don't miss that opportunity. And, and he really says, you know, one of the most tragic things in the world is wasted pain. Uh, you think of how hospitals, uh, those people on the sick bed, their sick beds, uh, miss those opportunities to unite their sufferings with our Lord. And so let's not waste any pain, physical, emotional. Uh, again, we all suffer, but we can unite our suffering to Christ. And so at the consecration of the Mass, that's our opportunity to do that. Wow. Uh, what's your personal prayer that you say at the consecration? Um, sometimes <laughs> I have to admit, I, I just say, my Lord and my God, mm -hmm. I, I, you're God, I'm not, I am so insignificant. I am just a, a pebble, you know, it's like, so it, it's, it's my opportunity to become little, uh, for that moment during the week. Uh, sometimes we all get big on ourselves. We, that's our, you know, our temptation, but I get to be little. And so I just get to say, my Lord and my God, you're mm -hmm. bigger than me. I'm, yeah. you know, that's so a, those are the, that's yeah. the same. Uh, that's actually what I do as well. Uh, I'll say my Lord and my God. And then I'll say the, the Fatima prayer. So I'll say, uh, Lord, I believe I adore, I hope, and I love you. I beg your pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope and do not love you. 
And that's always my prayer whenever I am at the the foot of the cross, right? We see we there at the foot of the cross and we are seeing the consecration and our Lord is saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I think the perfect the perfect thing to say is to echo the words that, that the uh, angel taught to to the children of Fatima and say, my, my Lord, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. I beg your pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. Because, I mean, that is our perfect opportunity to make reparation for all those who, who doubt, who don't have a devotion, who are distracted at Mass, who... Even those around you who are not having the reverence that is that is due to our Lord, but even more so to those who are doing all sorts of blasphemies out in the world, we should take that opportunity to make reparation. Um, what are your thoughts, uh, Alan? Right. Well, I said last week, um, what really helps me to focus is when I get into the car to go to Holy Mass, I say to myself, I'm driving to Calvary. I'm going to get to watch, uh, you know, Calvary reenacted. Um, it gets me connected. And so when I enter the doors of the church, um, I'm not saying I'm in a theater. I'm not he- saying that I'm here to watch a movie, but I'm here to participate uh, in the reenactment of Calvary. So I have that mindset. I'm not just going for a social, um, you know, a little interlude in my busy week. No, I'm going to uh, connect with the Lord and to see Calvary reenacted and know that it has deep, deep meaning and it's for me, that Jesus died on the cross for me, my wife, my children, my grandchildren. Um, so now there's this spirit of gratitude that comes over me to say, thank you, Lord, for doing this. Thank you for sending a priest to offer the Mass. And so uh, I become very grateful by the time Mass is over. But again, the mindset is at the beginning. I'm driving to Calvary. And how many of us think of that when we're on our way to Holy Mass? Amen. Amen. Well, we'll have to leave that there. And to next week, we will be able to get to the communion, which I wanted to jump ahead to. Uh, but we'll get that to that next Thursday. So praise be to God. But we'll see Alan Smith in the after show. So if you'd like to join us in the after show, make sure to do so. Hop on our social media feeds, Facebook, Rumble, YouTube. Uh, But God bless you. God love you, Alan. Thank you. I look forward to the after show. Amen. And that's going to do it for that. Check it out. BishopSheenToday.com. BishopSheenToday.com. Check out Calvary and the Mass and all sorts of great content that Alan has on Bishop Sheen Today. So make sure you check that out. We're going to go into our Fear and Trembling Game Show where we're going to be giving out prizes. So make sure you call in 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. You are welcome to call in right now because the first caller will, in fact, have the opportunity to be our winner. 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. Call now. We always take the first caller, and right now there's no caller, so the next one to call in will be the contestant. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. We'll be right back. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of. Too many people to please too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. 
That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. You're crazy! Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. So make sure that's you're calling in right now because... Now's the opportunity. You have an opportunity to be that caller, 877-757-9424. Thank you to everyone who calls in. And just so you know, we have one more opportunity. That would be tomorrow. So if you don't get on today, make sure you're ready to call in tomorrow so that way you could be the first caller. And let me give you a pro tip. If you want to be the first caller, you are welcome to call in as early as the top of the 7 o'clock hour and wait on hold And we'll get to you as soon as we start the game. So there's a pro tip for you. And you can always go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. There we have all the information about the show listed. Now, let me tell you, this is what the game is. I have three Catholic trivia questions. And the trick is I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, instead, I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. And it's Rudy's job to tell me whether or Rudy's job to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not Rudy is right or wrong, which means even if you just guess, there's a 50-50 chance of you getting the question correct. So there is how the game works. So make sure you're ready to do so. And Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. This week we're giving away the synodal process is a Pandora's box. If you're watching us on the live stream, I'm holding the book up. It's uh, got a really interesting cover. You know, it's got some pretty nice art here. Now, this book, it was written by uh, Mr. Uretta and Mr. Loretto of the TFP, otherwise known as Tradition, Family and Property. We we love them. And it's 100 questions and answers. In other words, a short catechism on the synodal process that is taking place right now, actually. It's got a foreword by Cardinal Burke, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this book. It's going to be uh, very enlightening for you to understand what exactly the synodal process is. Well, thank you very much to the TFP for generously donating that book. And I have to say, it's definitely worth a read. And it's only like from page one to the last page. It's 100 pages long exactly, including footnotes and everything. And so really you could read it in like a week if you just read like 10 pages a day because you get rid of all the footnotes and all that stuff and it's like 80 pages. So, well, 
I guess a week in a day, if we're going to be specific about it. But joining us right now is Eileen. Good morning to you, Eileen. Good morning, Adrian. How are you today? I'm doing great. Praise be to God. It's good to hear your voice. Now, Eileen, you're not from San Antonio, right? I am not. I have never been to Texas, but it's definitely a place I would love to visit. Well, if you decide to come to Texas, let us know. We'd love to uh, show you around a little bit. But praise be to God, Eileen, where are you calling in from? I am in Mohegan Lake, New York, um, which is um, about 45 minutes north of New York City by the Hudson River. Oh, there you go. Mohegan mm. Lake, New York. That's pretty cool. Now, Eileen, how do you listen to the show? I listen to the show on um, either YouTube or Rumble. Oh, praise be to God. Or sometimes Apple Podcasts if I don't catch it live. There you go. Praise be to God. Well, there you go. Uh, If you would also like to watch that way, then make sure you do so. And now you know you can always share this with people who are not in the GRN listening area. So praise be to God, Eileen. Now, Eileen, where are you off to this morning? Well, uh, my morning kind of took a turn. I I would have been off to work right now, but my um, daughter woke up sick and I had to keep her home from school. And so we're waiting to get a doctor's appointment. So this was the opportunity to call today. Well, praise be to God. Praise be to God. I am glad that you're able to call in. I'm sorry that your daughter is sick, though. Um, However, I must ask, is this uh, is this I had a test today sickness or is this actual sickness? No, she she was uh, kind of fighting something um, oh, okay. for a couple of days, so we kind of thought this might happen, and you know, just got to roll with the punches. Well, yeah, you. that's right, Eileen. I know that feeling. Now <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're next. Just, you're, just, you think, you're next, Eileen. I know. I, I, uh, I for one avoided it. My entire family was sick, and so I just avoided them for a week. And then Rudy came, and he was sick, and I was like, "Bro!" And then I licked his keyboard, and I was like, "Stay away from me, Rudy!" And I somehow escaped unscathed so far. Um, I, now that I said that, I feel like I'm probably gonna get sick now. <laughs> oh man. All right, Eileen, you're familiar with the game. You know how to play. Are you ready to, ju- to jump in? I am ready to jump in. Um, just don't have too high expectations of me. I don't think I'm gonna get any of any or maybe one if I'm lucky right, but I'm gonna use that as a learning experience. Can I help you? Yes. All right. You have, I heard you have a helper there, so now I know you're gonna get him right. Yes. Now yeah, I, she she may try to help. <laughs> well, I have to uh, let you know. <laughs> this is all hard question Thursday. So, <laughs> so good luck, Eileen. All right, Rudy. Question number one. The question on the board is: In what country is Lepanto located? Lepanto, obviously. Well, that's a Spanish word, Lepanto. Uh, so that's going to be in Spain. It's going to be in Spain. It was a short jaunt. They jumped onto the ship, and then Mm -hmm. they fought the battle right there on the beach. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you're saying Don Juan of Austria, they got on the boat, and they went right around the corner to Spain. Yeah, he happened to be in Spain at the moment. And then he said, you know what? These uh, Mohammedans, I'm going to introduce them to Spain, but the S is silent. All right. There you go, Eileen. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, in what country is Lepanto located? Well, Rudy says it's in Spain. And Don Juan of Austria wanted to introduce the Muslims to Spain without the S. Uh, So there you go, Eileen. What say you, Eileen and Helper? I I have no idea, so I'm going to take a wild guess. 
based on my maiden name, La Marca, which is Italian. I'm going to guess Italy. All right, let's see. A survey says is <laughs> kind of correct. Was, Taylor, figure out those buttons, bro. Yeah, it's kind of correct, but it's also kind of wrong because yes, you are correct that it's not Spain, but it's not Italy. It's actually Greece. It's actually Greece. Um, it's all Greek to me. It's all Greek to me. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> though, it's all Greek to me too. Though. <laughs> though, let's be honest. Are there any difference between Greek and in Italy? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All the, all the Greeks and Italians are already going to come after me. <laughs> I can already hear the pitchfork mob They both love olive oil. That's true. That's base, They're basically the same. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The poor, I can hear the mobs forming outside already. I apologize in advance. Uh, but yes, it is in fact Greece. So you're doing great, Eileen. That's one answer correct. We'll put your name in the coffee cup of divine providence. Are you ready for question number two? Yes, I'm ready. All right. I hope you're familiar. This is a uh, a Catholic and a radio question, Rudy. The question on the board is, what is the call sign of Vatican radio station? That is going to be HVJ H- out of the Vatican. V-J. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't ask me what it means. Apparently it means nothing. Apparently, it means nothing. Apparently, it has nothing to do with anything. Nothing. Unlike us here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, here in Houston, you know, our station, KSHJ, happens to talk about the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So, mm. but for the Vatican, HVJ means nothing. Now, I got, I have to, I have to say, I think we just assign meaning to those things. Yeah, I'm probably. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> anyway, anyway, 15 seconds on the clock, Eileen. The question on the board is, what is the call sign of the Vatican radio station? Rudy says it's HVJ. Was that correct? Is that wrong? Um, what say you, Eileen? And I hope I am going to go with you on this one, Rudy. You're I'm going to have to go with you. You're going to say he's right. All right, yeah. let's see. Survey says that is correct, Eileen. How did you know to trust him? I personally would have not trusted him on that one. I, I had no clue, so I I had to. <laughs> she she flipped a coin. Now, the trick is I look to the right when it's correct. Mm, that's what it was. That's what it was. I did, I did notice that. I didn't notice that. <laughs> All righty, Eileen. Uh, here's question number three. This one, again. I don't know how anybody would. I would not know any of these questions. Really? Maybe the Lepanto question, but these questions are pretty hard. All right, Eileen. Last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's see. Rudy. All right. I need you to, to give me a number here. Okay. All right. Between one and seven billion, approximately how many people officially reside in the Vatican? That's a trick question. Okay. All right. Because the only person. Who has citizenship mm-hmm. at Vatican City mm-hmm. happens to be right El Papa, oh. El Papa, or some would say the Pape, the Pape, the Pope. Is that an official title? El Papa, that's right. <laughs> that's an official title. Okay. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope, you're saying the Pope. So what? His Holiness. So you're saying it's Pope a Francis. Uh, it's a residence of one. Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty, Eileen. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Hopefully, I mean. You may not know the answer, but I'm guessing your daughter does. So let's see if she can get this. Approximately how many people officially reside in the Vatican? Rudy says, officially, it's just the Pope. What say you, Eileen and daughter? Um, 
I'm going to say, I have to pick a number, right? Nah, you don't have to pick a number. Just let me know if you think Rudy is right or wrong. I, I think it's wrong because he's got to have some live-in help. All right, let's oh. see. Survey says... That is correct. That is correct. Oh, Way I to go. you. The, I could have tricked you. The, that is close. That oh, close. wow. The official, the official number is 700. Approximately. Approximately. Yeah. Approximately. Yeah, I'm sure there's like someone has, comes in, someone leaves, someone dies. Approximately 700. Uh, but yeah, way smaller than I thought, to be honest. I it, thought would it would be, be more hilarious than that. if actually there was only one a citizen of Vatican City <laughs> happens to be the Pope, and everybody commutes in. That'd be crazy. What's the jurisdiction for the Vatican City? It's pretty it's small. Tiny. It's pretty small. All right, Eileen, congratulations! You rocked it. Make sure you stay on the line so we can get your contact information. Have a have a great day, and we'll be praying for the health of your daughter. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Have a great day, you guys. All right, put you putting you on hold. And that's going to do it for the radio side. If you want to be like Eileen and join us in the after show, well, you're welcome to do so. Hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, and you can interact with us directly. Leave a comment and we will get to you. It'll be a great time. But if not, well, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you. God love you. And I'll see you very soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Good morning and welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt Community. This morning we celebrate Thursday of the 27th week of Ordinary Time. The Mass is being offered for all of our listeners on the Guadalupe Radio Network, our online viewers and those present. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven, to His feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia, praise the everlasting King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, 
through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ have, mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpass the merits and the desires of those who entreat you, Pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. A reading from the book of the prophet Malachi. You have defied me in words, says the Lord, yet you ask, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God, and what do we profit by keeping his command and going about in penitential dress in awe of the Lord of hosts? Rather must we call the proud blessed, for indeed evildoers prosper and even tempt God with impunity. Then they who fear the Lord spoke with one another, and the Lord listened attentively. And a record book was written before him of those who fear the Lord and trust in his name. And they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, my own special possession on the day I take action. And I will have compassion on them as a man has compassion on his son who serves him. Then you will again see the distinction between the just and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. For though the day is coming, blazing like an oven, when all the proud and evildoers will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, leaving them neither root nor branch, says the Lord of hosts. But for you who fear my name, there will arise the Son of Justice with its healing rays. The Word of the Lord. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Blessed, Blessed are, are they, they who, who hope, hope in the, in the Lord. Lord. Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. Blessed, Blessed are, are they who hope in the Lord. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields his fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. Whatever he does prospers. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Not so the wicked, not so. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Amen. 
Our, open our hearts, O Lord, to listen to the words of your Son. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me, the door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give him the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. morning's gospel we hear all about one of the most common forms of prayer that we are all very accustomed to and that would be the prayer of petition where we ask God for what we believe we need or even beg God for what we believe we need and then trust in faith that he will respond to us. There are many positives of course to the prayer of petition which we find throughout sacred scripture. In the first place, we should note that it really is an act of faith in God's omnipotence. When we pray to God asking for something, it's also an act of faith to say, Almighty God, I know that you are the ruler of heaven and earth. I know that you are omnipotent and that you have the power to be able to grant my request. And this act of faith is a very good and a very healthy thing. The second beautiful part of a prayer of petition is that it recognizes our human dependence and limitations. It's a reminder to us there are many things in this world which are beyond our control and at the end of the day we recognize it's beyond my power. The only thing I can do is to ask for God's help. And this leads us to be humble because any time we recognize our limitations, our dependence, and we recognize God's greatness and omnipotence, well, that's really what humility is, understanding our littleness next to the greatness of God. And prayer of petition also helps us in this regard. And thirdly, we should also point out the beauty of a petitionary prayer is it is based on a real personal relationship with God that we approach God as our Father, we approach God as our Father who loves us, who we know and believes, cares about us with a tender love, and therefore we come before him confidently, and it leads to a building of our relationship. At the same time in today's Gospel, we can see 
a few cautions which are also presented to us regarding petitionary prayer that we would do well to keep in front of us. First one to keep in mind is that prayers of petition are not the only kind of prayer. Sometimes it can seem like all what we're doing is asking God, please make this happen, make that happen, make the other happen. And it's important to remember that we should also equally be involved in prayers of gratitude, in praise, adoration, and worship, meditative prayer where we are seeking God's will. We don't want to treat God like a giant Santa Claus in the sky who we're just giving our to-do list and our request list, but rather that we are cultivating a mature relationship whereby we also acknowledge there are other ways that we ought to be relating to God. The second cautionary part is in today's gospel, Jesus points out we ought to be careful what we ask for. Now, many times it can happen to us easy enough that our petitions or our intercessions, they're all based on things of this world. And of course, that's fine, and we should ask for those things, and it can be good to ask for things pertaining to this world. That is no problem whatsoever. But what Jesus gets at at the end of today's gospel is really the most important thing to ask for, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who sanctifies. The Holy Spirit is the one who sends us out into mission. Really, we're asking God, make me holy because I know this is the path to heaven. Holiness is living a life in the Spirit. Holiness is imitating Jesus Christ, the one true Son. And this is really the path toward happiness. And that means even having the courage to ask God, Lord, Whatever you want to give me, please make me holy. That is our Heavenly Father's work. It is really the work of our Father in our life is to lead us toward salvation. And this is a sign of maturity when we are able to ask God, please, more than anything, fill me with your spirit. Please help me to cooperate with your work of holiness in my life. And thirdly and finally, and consonant with what was just said about asking for the Holy Spirit, to always trust and have an underlying faith that God will give us what is most important. We all know that many times we may not always get what we ask for from God, but we can always trust that what he's giving us is even better, that what he's giving us is really leading us to what is most essential most fundamental and most important in our life, which is fulfillment, happiness, and holiness. And that is always important to be able to trust in that. And so, my brothers and sisters, today as we go forward, let us ask God for the grace that our prayer life and our relationship with him would be, would be filled with a variety of communications from petitionary prayer to praise to worship to adoration to meditation. Let us ask that we would continue to mature in our faith, that we would be able to ask our Heavenly Father for what is most important, to cooperate with his gifts of holiness and his gift of the Holy Spirit. And above all, let us ask that we would always trust that our Heavenly Father gives us what we need most, and that is a great blessing to us. Amen. We have all gathered here, dear brothers and sisters, to celebrate the mysteries of our redemption. 
Let us therefore ask, Almighty God, that the whole world may be watered from these springs of all blessing and life. For all who have vowed themselves to God, that with his help they may faithfully keep to their resolve, let us pray to the Lord. For peace among nations, that delivered from all turmoil the peoples may serve God in freedom of heart, let us pray to the Lord. For the elderly who suffer from isolation or sickness, that they may be strengthened by our love of them as brothers and sisters, let us pray to the Lord. For ourselves gathered here, for those joining us on radio and online, that as God does not cease to sustain us with the things of this life, we may know how to use them in such a way that we may hold even now to the things that endure forever. Let us pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to the sacred priesthood and religious life, we pray to the Lord. For those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. May your mercy, we beseech you, O Lord, be with your people who cry to you, so that what they seek at your prompting they may obtain by your ready generosity through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine and work of human hands, it will become our spiritual drink. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Grant us, O merciful God, that this our offering may find acceptance with you, and that through it the wellspring of all blessing may be laid open before us, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for just as through your beloved Son you created the human race, so also through him with great goodness you formed it anew. And so it is right that all your creatures serve you. All the redeemed praise you. And all your saints with one heart bless you. Therefore, 
we too extol you with all the angels as in joyful celebration we acclaim Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho, plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna, in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages. We may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, forever and ever. Amen. et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tu nomen tu, 
adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those unable to receive communion and those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The King of love, 
my shepherd is whose goodness fails me never I nothing lack if I am his and he is mine forever where streams of living water flow my ransom soul he leadeth and where the verdant pastures grow with food celestial Perverse and foolish oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid and home rejoicing brought me. Let us pray. Grant us, Almighty God, that we may be refreshed and nourished by the sacrament which we have received so as to be transformed into what we consume through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Hail, Holy Queen enthroned above, O Maria. Hail, Mother of mercy and of love, O Maria. Triumph, all ye cherubim, sing with us, ye seraphim. Heaven and earth resound the hymn, Salve, Salve. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord, from every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord, from every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.